Welcome to the Holistic Wealth Hustle Podcast, where you can get a lifetime upgrade to stop pursuing happiness and start letting joy pursue you. That's right. It's your turn to be pursued by pure joy. This is your host, Pamela Ramos-Brown of Be Wealthy with Pamela, LLC, celebrating 20 years as an experienced management consultant and personal coach. Are you in the mid-sized business race, a woman entrepreneur, solopreneur, or a professional who believes you can always do better for yourself and others? We're there with you, so you won't have to go alone. In every episode of the Holistic Wealth Hustle, we help decode the secrets of all elements of true wealth, not just financial, but also inclusive of life, love, and work. We exchange practical strategies, share inspiring stories, and offer actionable insights to help unlock our authority for the joyful life beyond what we envision. Let's go together from tolerating the ordinary to enjoying the supernatural. How to get lifetime benefits from a head start. There are several types of head starts, such as being born with special talents, attending great schools, having a mentor, inheriting money and access, being referred by someone special, and other opportunities. In this case, we are speaking of both the official federally funded Head Start program and any other kind of Head Start that can benefit us. Once I heard my mom talking about how the Head Start program helps children succeed, and I didn't know at that time that my aunt in New York was actually over the New York Head Start program. And I was so excited to know about that, but I didn't really know what it meant. And next thing I know, I was enrolled in Head Start in Alabama. I found out a lot of things about myself as I look back over the years from being a part of that Head Start program. I was the first to learn my colors. That's still an achievement I'm proud of today. I was the first to learn my colors and head start. When I looked back over it and I noticed that, oh, it was on for me because it was just really something that sparked something in me and made me feel pretty good to win something. And from then on, I kind of got hooked on winning. And also, when I was eight years old, I ended up selling greeting cards as a result of an ad I saw in a magazine. So all of these things that really came out of me being in that Head Start program really did help by just putting some ambition in me. Not that I didn't have any before that, but it was something about Head Start that really made such a difference. I remember having a dream one time, too, about the teacher trying to get a point across to us. And she said, what am I going to have to do to get you guys to learn some of this stuff? Cut your guys' heads open and stuff these books in there? I went home and had a bad dream about somebody slicing my scalp into four pieces. And so going in there, (laughs) putting those books in there. But I realized that that's not something that I wanted. So I said, I guess I better study and learn this stuff so I wouldn't have to deal with that fate. But it was really something very helpful about Head Start being around other people, my peers who were learning and enjoying learning and just feeling a sense of accomplishment that made such a difference. I was eight years old. 
I saw this ad in the paper in a magazine that talked about how you can sell these beautiful greeting cards and make some money and just really inspire people. And so I filled a, the little thing out and sent it off. And next thing you know, I got my greeting cards kits and it was some beautiful, beautiful cards in there. So I went around the neighborhood and took some orders and sold some cards. <laughs> it was a very nice experience. I became a little entrepreneur at about eight years old. And again, I really do think it had to do with being part of Head Start. Because I just remember that sense of excitement that I had about this was that it was going to be helpful and it's going to help me to be successful. And it was something that in my mind, I thought I wanted and needed. And also, even just going on from there, I was helpful to my little sister. She was actually in a contest to sell the most candy, but she was really just very young. She was like three or four years old. And she definitely didn't go around selling candy at that age. So that bet it was really pretty much up to the moms and dads, uh, the children who had, you know, dads at that time uh, to kind of help with that. And in our case, we only had a mom and it was me and my uh, siblings. And so in this particular case, I was able to help my sister because, again, I was this little entrepreneur. So my sister ended up winning the contest for the most candy sales, thanks to her big sister. And that was a lot of fun because when she was walking down the aisle to get her crown for it, my little brother, who's always doing silly things, he loves to tease people, have fun and, you know, do little things to get in trouble. <laughs> so this particular time, he whispered into her ear as she was walking down the little run runway to get her crown for selling the most candy. He said, now, you know, when you get there, you're going to have to give the king, that little boy, a kiss. And so my sister, she was terrified, but she got almost to the edge where the little boy was and they were putting the two of them together. She just started going crazy. She was like, no, no, no. And so she was not ready to give up a kiss uh, just to be the queen of the candy sales. <laughs> and of course, I didn't say anything about helping her with the candy sales because I didn't want to kiss him either. <laughs> But I was happy that my sister was able to get her crown. She didn't have to give up the kiss and she still got recognized for selling the most candy. And so next, there were some other things that happened that just kind of added to the benefits of receiving this Head Start through the Head Start program. One was I was one of the first ones to remember my Easter speech. Now, some of you may not think that's a big deal, but you know, when you're a little toddler, uh, remembering that Easter speech was, a, you know, that was a big deal. And so when we were in this uh, program that my mom put us in, it was like a preschool and after school program. My brother and I uh, were assigned Easter speeches. So not only did I remember my Easter speech, but I remembered his as well. <laughs> And I helped him. In my speech, I was Little Betty Boo, and he was Little Boy Blue. And so it was an experience I never forgot either. Not just because I was the first to remember my Easter speech, but as Little Betty Boo, I had to come out and say my speech, which was, I am Little Betty Boo, and I have lost my shoe, and I can't tell where to find it. 
please give me another to match the other so I can walk in two. So that meant that I had to come out on the stage with one shoe off to demonstrate that one of my shoes was lost, right? So I started my speech. This was in practice. I started my speech and the teacher looked at my feet and she was like, "Hmm, oh, your sock has a big hole in it. You need to go back. Do this all over again and switch shoes this time. And so take put that shoe back on your foot and uh, come out with your um, other shoe off. And so I did exactly what she said. When I came back out, started my speech all over again, she stopped me again. And she said, well, I thought I told you to switch shoes. And I said, I did. And she said, well, you just need to take the sock off because the hole that's in this sock is bigger than the other one. (laughs) So I didn't really know what she wanted me to do about having holes in my socks. But at that time, that's how it was. So even though Head Start did help us to be a little more ambitious and excited and accomplished, it didn't necessarily make us rich. So we still had a few little problems like holes in our socks, shoes that not wearing the best shape and things like that. But we were still happy and we were still growing up to have a decent life. And so my mom was doing the best that she could. She was a single parent. And so I was very thankful still for my Head Start experience and my Head Start in life. So even though, again, we weren't rich, it did put us ahead of some people who were not even as fortunate to be in a program that we were in at the time. So again, just the Head Start program really did make a difference in my life and the life of my siblings as far as helping us to be a little little further along than we could have been. And so one thing I also remember growing up too that helped with my ambition and my desires is one time I saw my mom at the kitchen table crying over bills because her father had passed, which was our grandfather. And one thing that people need to know is that, you know, assets do pass down from your family members, but also their debts go along with the passing as well. And that was something that stayed with me and helped me to, you know, just light a fire even more to let me know that I really didn't want to have that type of experience. And I really did want to be self-sufficient. And I really felt helpless seeing my mom crying over the bills. And I knew that that's not something that, you know, I wanted to continue. So any way that I could contribute, then I was willing to do that. And not to say that I never have cried because of being overwhelmed or by bills and life and things like that, but at least it did help me to not give up and to have a sense of hope, to know that there were some things that I could accomplish in life and that I would be able to make it. And fortunately, by God's grace, I didn't know anything about selling drugs, selling myself and and other terrible things that are common knowledge in poorer communities that some children turn to oftentimes as resources. And so again, I know that having that head start really did put us in a situation where we weren't in those kinds of situations and environments that some poor children were in. And we were not rich by any stretch of the imagination. We were definitely low income. We had food stamps. We were on the free lunch program and that confirmed we were definitely low um, income. But we did know that there were people that were even less fortunate than we were. And in my career, when I did soft skill training, one of the things I learned about some kids is that 
Believe it or not, kids from even middle and upper income homes often turn to things like selling themselves and selling drugs and other types of things to earn what they consider to be valuable. So sometimes when kids don't necessarily grow up with the right values, they often have turned to things like wanting designer clothes and, you know, kind of elaborate experiences that their parents probably can afford to give to them, but choose not to. And they decide that they're going to go out and get it on their own. So even though they came from homes where they had nice, you know, uh, houses, they had cars, they had food to eat and things like that, and they didn't even rely on government assistance, they still were brought up thinking that designer clothes and, you know, the finer things of life were worth selling themselves and other things to earn those types of experiences. Again, by God's grace, I didn't get, you know, those types of vibes in my life. And so I just thank God. I didn't turn to selling drugs. I didn't turn to selling myself and things like that, that some people in these you know, type of uh, situations did. A lot, oftentimes it was people in poor communities that felt that they had no other choice. And then there were people from the middle and upper income uh, communities that did it because they felt that it was their choice. And fortunately, by God's grace, again, I focused on selling, you know, legitimate things like we picked pecans and went and sold them to the pecan processing place in our area. I was able to go and, uh, you know, sell pecans to them. We were able to go and pick fruits and things like that and sell them to people. And we had a lot of people uh, that went fishing because we lived on the coast. So believe it or not, uh, as squirmish as I am today, back then I was a little bit more of a tomboy. (laughs) So we went, we dug up worms, believe it or not, and sold those as well to the people who went fishing. So we were very enterprising and we were little young entrepreneurs during that time. And we had a lot of fun with our passion. And we had even more fun celebrating the results. We had um, Kool-Aid and now later parties (laughs) to celebrate the results. And it taught me about passion for success. And so really, again, I appreciate the Head Start program and all other types of Head Starts that um, I received and others receive in life. And I noticed, too, that based on research that I've done, that the Head Start program is still alive and thriving today. It has been expanded to be even more holistic than it was when we were coming up. And the government spends about $11 billion, I think, a year on Head Start to help children and families to succeed because children can't just succeed if the families are suffering. So you can't just say, oh, well, I'll, I'll feed the children and, and not feed you know, the rest of them. So it has been expanded to be more holistic and it has shown that it has been successful and making a difference. And so anyone who has the opportunity to be a part of uh, the Head Start program or to receive some Head Starts that are legitimate, 
then please, um, you know, as you can see, not only did it help to benefit me and others during the time that I was uh, receiving it during my elementary years, through my middle school years, my high school years, and just throughout successes um, throughout my life. So I really encourage anyone to please, um, you know, receive it. Uh, when you have the opportunity. So I'll tell you some more examples. Actually, here's one of those that made me think back to those Head Start years um, during um, Christmas time. Recently, um, I would say recently within the last uh, five years, I decided that I, all I wanted for Christmas was a wealthy education. So I had already at this point had uh, a good education. I had uh, my master's in business administration, my degree in accounting. Um, however, I saw Dr. Lynn Richardson on the Steve Harvey show, and she was talking about how she helped people to take a look at their budgets, how to save money, how to earn passive incomes, how to earn multiple streams of incomes and things like that. And I was like, wow, that is something I really need to revisit in my life as well. So I decided that when I had the opportunity to say what I wanted for Christmas this year, I said all I wanted was a wealthy education and I wanted to enroll in Dr. Lynn Richardson's Wealth University program. And so that's what I did. And from there, I became a wealth ambassador and started learning about things and also teaching people uh, what I was learning. And so um, just as, uh, as they say, uh, Dr. Lynn Richardson has a wealth of knowledge and resources. And so from there, I started my own holistic wealth school. So this is where I combine the knowledge that I've learned over the years as a Series 7, Series 6 financial advisor, insurance professional, having my master's in business, my bachelor's in accounting, my years of experience in the financial industry, and as a management consultant. And now I have what we call a holistic wealth school. And this is because of my participation with Dr. Lynn Richardson and her wealth university. And it also combines my personal experiences in life of being a caregiver and being a single parent, you know, and those types of things. So it is, uh, you know, just a way to help people to combine all of the knowledge and all of the experiences that they need to take into consideration when they are considering their lives, their futures, and um, trying to help their children and, you know, just going forward in life and, and trying to not just continue on with the same life, but to elevate their life. And so again, she taught me quite a few things that motivated me in a lot of ways. And the natural initial spark, again, ties back to that or initial head start that I had, because most people do not ask for those types of things for their Christmas gifts. Because, of course, like other people, I wanted some nice perfumes, some nice clothes, a trip, some chocolate and things like that. <laughs> but I decided at that time in my life that a wealthy education was something that was valuable for me for that moment. And also reminds me of a book that I read before too about how to help young kids, particularly young black boys, to succeed in school. Because during that time, there was a study that talked about black boys falling behind in the educational system at 
rates that were disproportionate to just about everybody else. And also there was another study about, you know, boys and and, and even black men, you know, um, having high suicide rates. And a lot of that stuff is really going on today, believe it or not. And um, the crazy thing was I heard this study um, at, at one time in my life. And then another 10 years later, I heard the same study. And so it, it kind of frustrated me a bit because I decided to stand up and ask the question, why are you guys still having studies about this? Because each time that I've heard these studies, I haven't heard what the solution is. You know, why we continue to study something we know from the last 10 years ago, that this is the case. So why are we having to sit it to confirm what we learned 10 years ago? But anyway, there was a gentleman that did provide a solution. And unfortunately, I'm so sorry, I don't know the name of the gentleman's book. I have had it, but I donated it to someone that I pray that will use it in such a good way. But there was a gentleman who wrote about how to help uh, young uh, Black boys, for the most part, in uh, school. And he talked about part of the problem is um, that oftentimes we don't um, help our kids to know their value and know their worth. And he said that one of the things we can do in communities is help people to see others that are less fortunate than they are or that are in the same situation that they are and show how they can be an inspiration to those persons, how they can be compassionate to those persons. And, you know, just that way, know what their worth is and what they, how they can contribute to society and how they can be valuable to other people. And so people who are low income, they still have something to offer, but a lot of times they don't think so because nobody has showed that to them. And so even in these types of cases, sometimes you have to show them, um, again, people that need their, need their motivation, that need to know their stories and just need to know them. And it's kind of like the example of the little drummer boy. You know, that's when everybody was going to see the newborn king, the three wise men and all of those people, all of the people that flocked to the newborn king. This is a story that we learn, you know, about um, from the Bible. And they also uh, talked about, you know, we were kids that we always learned about the Christmas story. One of the Christmas stories was the little drummer boy. And the little drummer boy only had a song to offer. He only had his little drum. He had his skills and he had a song and that was all he had to offer. But this offer was just absolutely just as valuable as the incense, the bird, the diamonds, the gold and everything else that people brought to the newborn king. And so, again, a lot of times that's what we have in our community are just gifts, natural born gifts that we can offer. And we have to um, help people see who come from disadvantaged homes that, you know, those things are just as uh, valuable as silver and gold. Thank you for continuing to be a part of the Holistic Wealth Hustle podcast by Be Wealthy with Pamela LLC. Each episode is designed to please. Be sure to take swift action on what you have learned today and update your weekly wealth planner or your holistic plan workbook to receive your rewards of joyfulness. 
Feel free to leave your comments below or by contacting us at www.bewealthywithpamela.com. That's B-E-WealthyWithPamela.com. Please subscribe, share, stay tuned, and let joy pursue you.